Just fix every eye of our heart on Jesus, the glorious Lamb, the victorious one who's conquered sin and death, who's reigning victorious on high at the right hand of the Father, the most beautiful Savior, the most wonderful Lord, the everlasting Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, more of you, Jesus. Just reveal yourself more brightly, more powerfully. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Spirit of Jesus, we welcome you. Just walk through this place, we pray. Scatter darkness. Break any chains of sin and bondage make our hearts burn with love for you and the revelation of your majesty and your beauty Father I pray over the next few minutes that you would wipe every tear bind up every broken heart liberate any captives that you would send us out from here with the joy of the Lord being our strength. To go and live and work to your praise and glory. To bring the gospel of life in all its fullness, of the mercy and kindness of Jesus to a hurting world. Thank you, Lord. Just grab a hand of the person you're with. Make a new friend. Push through that awkwardness if you're man on man, woman on woman. <laughs> Hello, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Father, I pray for the person on my right and on my left. Lord, bless them, bless their lives. Protect them from evil. May their hearts be solely devoted to you. Make them tunnel vision for you, Lord. Would you surround them with your love, Father? Would you release your angels to watch over them on every side? Would you care for their loved ones? Would you be powerfully in their work, in their day-to-day? Would you use them for your glory? Would you put inside of them a burning passion to share the love of God with everybody around them? Bless them. Would you release every spiritual gift they need every spiritual fruit they need to shine the character of Jesus would you bless them, bless them, bless them thank you Father and as we as we turn to your word Lord may you find in this church in my life, in the lives of my brothers and sisters open heart to your voice we say together as your people Lord we hold nothing back help us to mean that on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday help us to live this out fully, deeply, joyfully for you
Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. And Lord, we entrust everything to you for next year. And we know that you've got us, you've got our lives individually and as a church. And we pray that you would be glorified here. No other name would be lifted up but yours, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So I've got the special joy and privilege to welcome our speaker today, who is Billy Joe. Come up. And she's here with her husband, Dominic. So Billy Joe works for a Christian organization called Home for Good, and their mission is to find a home for every child in the UK who needs one. What a mission. And actually, us at Chanctonbury, we have that same heart. We have that same vision. We don't want to see any children without families. We believe that that's God's heart. And um, they work with local councils. They work with local churches because they believe the church and us Christians have a key role to play in this. And I think I'm right in saying last year in 2021, 891 children were in the care of the local authority. 891. And the reason we brought Billy Joe today is maybe we can reduce that number here amongst us as a church um, as we partner with Billy Joe and Home for Good organization. So let's just pray uh, before we listen to her because it's powerful stuff. And I'm going to ask the Lord to break my heart for the stuff he breaks, uh, that breaks his. So if you want to pray that prayer, which is a scary prayer, join with me. I thank you, Father, for Billy Joe and for the work of Home for Good. I thank you that it's your heart for these children to be in families. And Father, we give you permission today, just work by your spirit to challenge us, convict us, fill us with love for the things that are on your heart. Lord, we want to be people who reflect your heart and also where our actions reflect how you would act towards people. So we give you permission to have your way amongst us and to challenge and inspire us. And we just speak blessings now on Billy Joe, give her confidence, authority, and uh, yeah, may she reveal more of you to us this morning. Amen. It is lovely to be with you this morning. And in worship, I was reminded of the opening words in the Bible, the Holy Spirit hovered. Who's certainly hovering here today? <laughs> I did, I will confess, as I've already been um, the one, I was the one who said, this is madness. But I then did say to James, I'm surprised you still have a roof. <laughs> it's, I um, have had the privilege of journeying with your church, and so, I know your church and have known your church for around about two years now when I first met Louise in conversation and Louise and I had one of those very early Zoom calls which was new to many, many people because of the pandemic but it wasn't new to me because I've worked with Home for Good now for five and a half years and so I am Billy Joe, the regional lead for London and the South East and it's a privilege to, to work and serve through the church here but also with West Sussex local authority and their recruitment team who have been utterly welcoming of us as an organization. They are fully aware that we are Christian. I am as Christian here as I am out there. My husband will testify to that. And we 
we engaged with the local authority, and at the beginning of this year, we started and onboarded a three-year partnership with West Sussex Local Authority to work through the church to find a home for every child who needs one across West Sussex. And it's a privilege to be working through this church. And you are partnering in an opportunity that I will share a little bit more about in, um, the, in the, today's word. Now, audience participation, but I'm not going to ask you to share it. Think of the worst thing you've ever done. Can you imagine if this was ambulance, you'd had all little speech bubbles popping up and what we would know. Well, aren't we privileged that those speech bubbles and everything you've just put in them, God knows. And yet he still says, son, daughter, I love you. You are forgiven. And that speech bubble is now empty. I've experienced that in my own life, and we will go into a bit more about that through the presentation. But just a bit of housekeeping, what would, uh, what would it be if I didn't ask you to take home some resources? On your chair, you'll find three booklets. This leaflet tells you about the project with West Sussex, and I'm proud to say that you are a church who is partnering, not only in joining me, um, prayerfully, but you're also contributing financially towards a role for a West Sussex coordinator who will work with me, because I live in Bexley, here locally for you between the local authority and you as partnering churches. I'm also really proud to say that this week we onboarded another church um, in the local area because we are doing this in unity together with other churches across West Sussex and inviting West Sussex Local Authority to see us as a unity working together to fund and provide this part-time role. The deadline, if you're interested in that job, is 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So you've got an, you, if Christ speaks to you in the service, quickly get home and do your applications. Um, also, you will find our brochure on your chair as well, which gives you um, the idea of our work more UK-wide because I'm going to be speaking specifically about West Sussex. Now, open to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he does things and I go, really? Um, he's reminded me of something that I did at the Lambeth Conference um, in Lambeth Palace because now, my first ministry is to that of my children and my husband. And my husband's here with me this morning. And my children are 15 and 20. Our son is at home, currently now blocked on his phone. Um, <laughs> and our daughter's 20 and she's studying at a Christian university called Nexus in Coventry in worship and theology. But the church has not always been a part of my life. Um, we're going to hear in a moment from our CEO about the charity, but I'm just going to do a little activity with you that might steer you into where we're going. Do not answer these questions if you do not want your congregation, friends and family to know the answer. So do not answer these if you don't want people to know. Would you raise your hand if you were, grew up in a house with an absent parent? Raise your hand if you grew up and experienced life within a gang. If you experienced life 
struggling with drug addiction. If you have been an offender or a young offender, if you grew up in care, I'm a care-experienced adult, loved by a lavishing Jesus, but that's only for the past 15 years. We're going to hear from our CEO about the work of Home for Good and why I'm utterly passionate about what I do. Every 15 minutes, a child in the UK enters the care system. Many will have suffered neglect or abuse. All will have experienced trauma and loss. Each one deserves a home where they will be loved, nurtured and enabled to thrive. Today, too many children are waiting too long for the stability, care and love they need. Here at Home for Good, we have a bold vision to find a home for every child who needs one in the UK through fostering, adoption and supported lodgings for teenagers. And we believe the church has a crucial role to play. There are over 50,000 churches in the UK. In every village, town and city, there are churches, big, small and in between, filled with people who want to follow the example of Jesus. When we read the Bible, it's impossible to ignore the fact that this is an issue close to God's own heart. Psalm 68 tells us that God sets the lonely in families. Through our resources, content and training packages, we practically equip individuals and families as they explore fostering, adoption or supported lodgings. We mobilise churches and communities to better welcome, understand and support individuals and families who love and raise care-experienced children. We are parents to three children through birth, one child through adoption and one child through fostering. We attended a question conference where we heard a Home for Good speaker and that was really the point where we started to consider seriously what our part could be. From that we became Home for Good champions and we've really seen growth within our church just from that and using resources from Home for Good. Um, and I've been connected to peer support groups which has really, really helped us on our journey. Home for Good is a national charity with a local mission. We have team members and volunteers across England, Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland working on the ground to inspire the local church, build partnerships and ultimately find homes for the thousands of children who are waiting. Our impact is growing and everyone has a part to play. But we don't just work at the local level. We are committed to creating systemic change from the top down. We build a bridge between those whose voices are too often ignored and those who have the power to enact real change. Imagine the transformational difference the church could make if even more individuals and families in our own congregations opened up their homes for children and young people. Imagine the impact if church communities wrapped around those who care for vulnerable children with love, encouragement, prayer and practical support. Home for Good is driven by a vision that together we can find a home for every child who needs one. And I wonder, 
What part could you play? I always want to say thank you, Tom. <laughs> but she's right. We're here this morning because you are being invited into that journey of finding out what part you could play in supporting those who are already opening their homes, considering it, and play your part. This year alone, this amount of children will, come in, will be in the care system. 35,000 children this year will come into care. Some of these will come into care for the first time, some of these will come into care for the second time. I was uh, the eldest sibling of three children, uh, my brother and my sister and myself, and in our placements, never once were we placed together. There wasn't a home that had three beds spare, so we were always separated. So not only did we lose the familiarity of home, yes, we were safe, but we were, with, we were without one another. And for me, being the eldest sibling, that caused significant trauma because I grew up feeling guilty that I wasn't able to look after them. As we've heard from Louise this morning, last year it was estimated, it's not an estimate, it is a round number, that 891 children were in the care of West Sussex. 891 children. There were not 891 beds available for the children in West Sussex care. What does this mean? Well, the impact's quite large, actually in that those children potentially have to be placed outside of county where there are available beds and spaces. So imagine losing your home and everything that's familiar and your school, your friends, your network. It's challenging. Uh, today, while we are here, there is about 40 children very difficult to say exactly day by day because it changes, but around 40 children immediately now waiting for a home. They will be safe, they will be looked after, and they will be well, but they will not be in the home that can care for them better. It's undeniable that we are made in the image of Christ, remembering Genesis and where it all began. We're going to watch a clip now, which we didn't watch this morning, but I still say what I said this morning now. What we are about to watch, I know from a distance, is in the DNA of this church through generosity and hospitality. And I delivered those two words in a meeting to James this week. Because from a distance, as I've journeyed with your church, online, social media, those words this year are exactly what I've been given for this church through God. Generosity and hospitality. Because this is part of your DNA. Can you play the clip, please? Slide eight. At the start of the Bible, we are told that you and I are made in the image of God. We are created in his likeness. Which begs a few questions. Who is God? What is he like? What matters to him? What does being made in his image mean for us? These aren't new questions. These questions have occupied minds since the days of the Old Testament. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses brings a message from God. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to walk in obedience to him, 
to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. God is awesome in his power. All authority belongs to him. We choose to follow him because he is worthy. Our mighty and awesome God uses his great power and authority to defend the vulnerable, to love the stranger, to give to those most in need. It's the lonely, marginalized, and those most at risk in society that he prioritizes. So we must do the same. How we care for the most vulnerable in our community is a demonstration of how we feel about God. The image of God in us shines most brightly when we reflect his heart. As we follow the story of God's people through the Bible, we see they repeatedly fall short of their calling to justice and compassion. In Isaiah chapter 1, God states his distaste for Israel's worship. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. He goes on to call them back to learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed. Israel has substituted ritual sacrifice for true worship. God can no longer accept their offerings unless they are marked by justice, care and compassion. Later in Isaiah, God speaks of the servant who would come, the one who would truly pursue justice. Jesus is the perfect image of God. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, His Son is the radiance of his glory, the very image of his substance. Through his incarnation, God came to earth. He became flesh and made his dwelling among us. But he didn't do so with great fanfare as a display of his power, but in weakness as a baby, fully human, totally dependent on his caregivers. As a child, he had to flee persecution, and it's possible that his earliest memories include displacement and hospitality in Egypt. In Jesus and through his ministry, we see God's heart in action. Jesus treated men and women equally in a society where women were considered less important. He welcomed children in a radical, loving way. He ate with people that society looked down on and treated those considered unclean with great compassion, even coming close. He challenged racism and xenophobia of his time through teaching and parables. He had no time for empty religious performance that neglects what is most important. Mercy, faithfulness and justice. His invitation was to follow him. And if our following of Jesus doesn't include a passion and a pursuit of justice for our society's most vulnerable, we might just be missing the point. Every 15 minutes in the UK, a child will come into care. Each one has already experienced trauma, loss and instability. While in care, many will experience the uncertainty of multiple moves, each one adding further disruption 
Where adoption is decided as the right plan for them, many will face a long wait for a family who can meet their needs. Black children wait longer for adoption than other children and are least likely to get adopted. Some children may leave care as a teenager or young adult without a family by their side. Care leavers make up 25% of the homeless population. To return to those age-old questions, who is God? He is father to the fatherless. What is he like? He is awesome in his power and worthy of our worship, and he is close to the lonely, on the side of the marginalised and defending those most at risk in society. What matters to him? He invites us to worship him beyond our religious rituals with a pursuit of justice, with acts of compassion, with care for others. But there are other questions that still need an answer. What matters to you? What does being made in his image mean for you? And how could you live in response to his invitation? What part could you play in the work of Home for Good? This year, Home for Good have inspired 1,800 people um, and interacted with 1,800 people via our inquiry line. Now, we're working in a sector whereby even the local authorities are finding it very, very difficult to find new homes and carers. But Home for Good are finding homes and carers. We officially found in this partnership one home in September this year because the process takes nine months-ish to become a foster care. It can be quicker. We are inspiring people to find homes. It surprises me when I speak to the local authority and quite often within the first conversations it is said to me from social workers um, and the professionals, we know that the church is a great place to welcome foster carers, adoptive families, and supportive lodgings hosts. We just don't know how to talk to them. And I have the privilege of playing that talk part between you and your local authority, the church. They want to engage with us. They're skeptical and fearful, of course they are, which is why we train them. We deliver faith literacy training to help break down those barriers, end the fears, the questions. Are they going to evangelize them? Are they going to this? Are they going to make them go to church? No, that's all part of the process. It's all part of a conversation. We want to work with the local authority for children in care. You, here at this church, have many opportunities to connect with this work, and you are actively um, participating at Christmas. Can we have that slide? Back in September, well, twice this year across West Sussex, we've had vision events, but back in September, we had a phenomenal vision event which just had God's spirit all over it. And uh, my friends Graham and Sarah are here who were, were there as well. Um, and because we enabled an environment for conversation to happen, Nick continued to have a conversation with the local authority around how can we help at Christmas. I say we, I'm speaking with you. Um, how can we help at Christmas? 
And so the shoebox appeal has been launched, whereby you're being invited as you leave to take your shoebox, interact with Nick after the service, and find out what it is you can put in that shoebox, which will then be delivered to either children in care or children on the edge of care who may not receive or have many Christmas gifts this year. Your children, your local children, you're participating in that. I don't think anyone can say, oh, I can't do that. So, see Nick. Also here in West Sussex is this job opportunity for the coordinator. But if that's not the job that is, that's a role for you, you will be a church who will be interacting with this coordinator and praying with this coordinator, providing opportunities for this coordinator, whoever that may be, whoever God has called to that role. But I would want you to actively seek you to support them and pray for them as they, on our behalf, work across the county for the local authority. And they join networks and prayer groups as well. Could I have the next slide, please? The life and work of Home for Good is UK-wide. There are other opportunities. If you're thinking, oh, I actually don't know a lot about fostering, adoption or supportive lodgings, join our online activity. If you're somebody who's sat here thinking, well, actually, I don't have a spare bedroom and I don't have the capacity to do it, or I'm too old. I'm sorry there's no age limit. It is a conversation with a local authority and your doctor, so I can put an end to that one. But also join our online activities. Creating Communities of Welcome is a webinar about how can you as a community support people who are thinking about opening their homes. It's vitally important that you learn and understand how difficult it can be at some points. Where can you step in and support? Where can you step in and pray? Where can you provide that village for those people and young, those young people and people opening their homes? I shared this morning that there are crises, crises happening across the UK. Yes, the pandemic. Yes, the cost of living. But begin to explore being a teenager in care. It's very bleak. We are having 10,000 children age out of care every year. 10,000 children age out of care every year. If you're a stats person on our website, we've got a stats page that will tell you that only 4% of children in care go on to do university. I didn't go to university. Prison was my university. I was 20. But I've now gone on to be a church leader, member of General Synod, if you don't know what that is, it's a big PCC for the whole of the Church of England. Um, married, 17 years, two children. I don't know how to do those things positively. And sometimes it's really hard and it's really tough. But I have got a wall of people behind me that I can pick up the phone and say, I don't know how to cope with this because I don't know how to positively parent or have a positive relationship with a one man because there were multiple different males in my upbringing at different times. What does it look like to be in a relationship with one person who's the father, only father, to my children? It doesn't make sense to me, but my church, my church family, all help with that. 
It wasn't easy when I became a Christian, and I messed up the church. And this morning was brilliant. It was like an active, messy church for adults. It was brilliant. I loved it. I did. I loved it. Um, I'll get back on script. <laughs> it takes all of us to enable Christ's transformation to happen. I couldn't do that on my own. I had to do that vulnerably, openly, and honestly. And as I shared this morning, I am still waiting for that time to come, which was the thing that stopped me interacting in church, because I was 28 and my life collided with Jesus. It wasn't a good collision. It was messy. I was messy. But they've walked me through it. And the thing, the fear that stopped me was when they find out, they're going to turn me away. When they find out this, when they find out your speech bubble, they'll say, off you go. They haven't. And I'm still there. Sorry, church. (laughs) But I wouldn't be doing this without them for 15 years and my family for longer than that. And ultimately without Jesus. And so the opportunities within West Sussex, can we go to slide 12, please? We are looking to support all age of children between 0 to 18, but Home for Good primarily speak on behalf of the hardest to find homes for children for, and that is sibling groups, our teenagers, if you are four years, uh, if you're four years old, sometimes you are deemed unadoptable. You're too old. Unpacked um, are the organisation that we work with in partnership with West Sussex for Fostering. We work with Pact for Adoption and adoptive families. Children with disabilities are in care and looking for homes and families to love them, value them, and support them. I've spoken about West Sussex quite a bit, and I have the privilege of working with a lovely lady called Catherine, who we're going to hear from. She's an amazing lady, and she comes out and, and works with us very closely and works with Graham and Sarah and myself. Graham and Sarah, by the way, are champions, and we're looking for a volunteer champion here in your con- congregation as well. If you want to explore that, come and talk to me about that afterwards, but there is more information online. Everything I've shared this morning, other than my personal story stuff, is on our website. But we're going to hear from Catherine, who uh, works with West Sussex, and I work with her closely. When I was a toddler, I remember feeling very happy, very well cared for. That sort of period of my life was very special, but then things changed. I moved house, I moved school. I still live with my mum, but I no longer lived with all those very safe, secure, loving family members. And I remember the feeling still now of feeling upset, lonely, I can still feel it now, the challenges I had living in a different home. So when I came to work in fostering, 
I felt absolutely in awe really and inspired by our foster carers and the care that they provide for some of our most vulnerable children. But we don't have enough carers. In fact, the most recent statistics are that we have 41 children waiting to be fostered. That doesn't mean they're not in a safe place, but it means that they need to be fostered with us. And that's a lot of children when our foster carers are full. I'll always remember a teenager that I knew. She was lovely, but it was massive, the care this child needed. It was huge. What transpired was that she went to live with a foster carer and had a really successful experience. And things changed for her. She went into education really slowly. She was in an apprenticeship. She moved on from that foster carer to live in independence. She goes back to that foster carer regularly to see them. But what struck me about this particular situation was this carer didn't try and change everything overnight. What they did and, and what I saw unfold was they made this connection with this young person, listening to that child's story when, when she was ready to tell it, really valuing her for who she was. She'd had a spell of time with this foster carer and then needed to move. And she actually requested to go back to her and I was there when she went back and things so sort of trivial when I say it, but the foster carer greeted her by jumping off the sofa, going to the front door, meeting her on the pathway with a great big smile, saying how pleased she was to see her and offering her a drink that she'd remembered her liking when she was last there. I think sometimes there's this worry that, that it is very overwhelming, but some of it is about connecting with people and having relationships and giving that chance to our teenagers to experience feeling valued and listened to. I think if people can have some faith in their own relationship building and interacting with children and young people that actually the small things do help the big things to happen. The small things help the big things to happen starts with welcome and at home for good we're here to support you too we don't just inspire and then kind of you become foster carers we're here too we're here to resource you to support you we've got an inquiry and family care line and team behind us who can pray with you um, at any given time and here are some of the other ways that you could think about starting this journey of how how do I begin to work this out I, God has called all of us um, to participate, but how is your journey with him? Our Make Room Bible Study is a four-session Bible study. You could do a small group, or you can do it as a whole collaborative church. Brings questions and draws out possibilities. Our Christmas resources this year are Every Heart, Every Part. Explore that further. It's about the nativity and Jesus. I was reflecting, I, I won't go, I was reflecting this week that Mary would have been in her third trimester now, anticipating the birth of Jesus. I hadn't really thought about that until this week, but she would have been traveling, tired, dusty, but to do the very best for her son, they had to be on the move. She was in her third trimester. And so finally... I'm around after the service to, to chat and to talk further. Could you be your champion? 
we know that God sets the lonely in families. And I didn't think I was lonely, but I was certainly missing something. And that was Jesus and the love of his church for me, for my family, and for our children. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's really lovely to put faces to the church now, um, and I've really enjoyed. The welcome here is phenomenal. It really is. You're an incredible church. I really look forward to hearing about your shoeboxes and how that goes, and hopefully I can come down uh, closer to the time. But yes, bless you. Thank you. And you have our prayers at Home for Good as we continue to journey this together for the next three and, I hope, further years.